Mayo Clinic presents the Always On EM podcast, hosted by Alex Finch and Frank Bellamconda. Hey everyone, and welcome to Always On EM. I'm Alex Finch. I'm Vank Bellamconda. And we're so excited to have you here with us today for our inaugural episode. This is a big step for us. We've talked about this for a while, Vank, haven't we? Absolutely. It's been a dream in the making. So first things first, this is an important first step. Vank, how do we say your name? Oh, of course. We, <laughs> that's a great place to start. Well, um, first, you go to school for a very, very long time. <laughs> and then you have to learn your letters. And uh, if you're like me, your teacher will write it out and put it on your desk all the way across the desk and maybe into the next person's desk so that you can have it to spell from. But uh, it's pronounced Venkatesh Belamkanda, uh, but everyone just calls me Venk, like Venkomaisen. Perfect. And how do you say your name? So it, it took less, uh, less practice, but I'm just Alex Finch. Um, <laughs> Not Venk, just. Where are you, Venk, where are you from? Yeah, I, um, I grew up in rural Ohio. Um, just outside Lexington, Ohio. And I like to joke, there was one traffic light in <laughs> Lexington. Um, I think there's a few more now, but uh, um, you know, fairly small Ohio. And But I love it. It was gr a great time growing up there. I went on to train in Northeast Ohio and then um, came out here to Minnesota. And I've been here ever since 2006, um, with the exception of one year, basically, where I went out East um, to fellowship. Um, but I have not- in? Oh yeah, yeah. I um, I trained. I went to medical school at a school that no longer exists. It was called the Northeastern Ohio University's College of Medicine. Um, it's changed its name now to NeoMed. Um, shout out to all the students that are there at the new school. Um, but it was a, um, or it it is a school in Northeast Ohio that uh, centered around three universities, and uh, it's a six year BSMD program. So uh, I finished undergrad in two years. Um, and was ahead of the game until I squandered a year doing an extra year in medical school and then changing <laughs> specialties um, because I matched out here in psychiatry uh, before switching into emergency medicine and then um, doing a fellowship and so on. But yeah, it's it's been quite a whirlwind and uh, you know we can certainly go into that a little further, but I think the listeners need to hear a little bit about your world experience. Where are you from? I uh, I actually didn't know all of that about you, so that's that's incredible. I'm uh, I grew up overseas. I grew up in Southeast Asia. Um, I uh, spent uh, a couple years in Vietnam, most of my childhood in Myanmar, and came back to the U.S. to UNC for uh, undergraduate and med school. Duke fans are still allowed to listen to the podcast. Absolutely. That's okay. And uh, Coach FDR. K, if you're ever listening, we want you on the show. <laughs> we, um, I, I can learn a lot from you. Uh, our, everyone's um, welcome. We have, and for our listeners to know, we, we have a big rivalry because I'm one of the associate program directors for the EM residency, big UNC fan. Our practice chair also went to med school at UNC, but our program director is one of the biggest Duke fans of all time. So this is this is a big thing in the residency here. And you're um, leaving out, I think both our practice chairs have UNC yeah, ties. You're right, you're right. Um, and so I, 
I interviewed here and just fell in love with the program and ended up at Mayo um, for for residency. Uh, and I've been here ever since. Um, and you mentioned rivalries. I, I can't go without mentioning. So imagine me, I was a psych resident. Um, I rotate in the emergency department. The residency director at the time is Dr. Annie Sadosti, the great Annie Sadosti, who is a diehard University of Michigan fan and supporter. And I am from Ohio. And even though I didn't train at the Ohio State University, I am scarlet and gray through and through. Here I am, the psych resident. I'm working with Annie. And then I like I'm trying to get her to include me in the residency <laughs> as a switch into emergency medicine. Um, not only is she a University of Michigan person, but at the time, the associate residency director was uh, the great Dr. D.B. Goyle, who was also an avid University of Michigan fan. They thankfully looked past uh, my talents as a Buckeye and gave me an opportunity to join the residency. I uh, Something that I rem I'm thinking about is how different our paths were. Um, I actually... I you are so much smarter than I am that you had this condensed program and could, could get through that. I, uh, as an undergraduate, I studied geography uh, and creative writing. So, so my entire undergraduate experience was sitting in rooms, uh, reading fictional short stories. And so I, I graduated, went out into the world and immediately started my job as a photographer at a car dealership. That was uh, how I was nice. paying the bills and writing my short stories. Uh, uh -huh. And then eventually went back and decided I wanted to uh, start taking night classes to go to medical school. And so I did not take the short road that you took. That's for sure. I, I don't know who was the smarter one because I mean, you, that seems like a little bit more fun. Um, I raced through everything <laughs> only to then bounce and have to do things over. So, well, we um, both, we both found our, our way here and, absolutely. and got to know each other. Um, I think probably a lot of our listeners don't know how we met each other. Is it okay if I share that story? Are you okay sharing that I'm, story? I'm, I'm excited to share this story. So I remember the night we met, this was probably the third week uh, of my residency training. So this is intern Alex. I'm still at this point learning how to turn on the computer, still learning how to place my CBC orders, that kind of thing. So you can get an idea of the emergency department we work in. We're at the Mayo Mothership ED, 77,000 patients a year, you know, uh, stroke center, uh, uh, cardiac center, all this. All, we have every tool at our disposal. And I, as the intern, am still trying to, trying to get through my shifts uh, and learn basic presentations. And so uh, some of our pods close. Some stay open 24 hours a day. That's kind of our general practice structure. And Vink is one of our incredible nocturnists. And so I just say, I think he's there all the time. Basically, uh, he's I there am. when we're ending our days and we, he's there when we're starting our days. That's that's Vink in our emergency department. This was a West shift, if you can picture it. And so that's one of our uh, one of our pods that closes down. And I get to the end of my shift. I'm I'm about two hours over because I still hadn't learned how to chart on my shifts and I'm going through a Have chart. Have you ever figured I, that one out? I, I haven't. I still, I'm still there. And, uh, and I'm going through a chart and I realized that I sent a patient home uh, who had a urinary tract infection without an antibiotic. So to intern Alex, I had just killed this patient. And so this is the story of how we met, but this is also the story of 
my first medical error. And at the time, it was the single biggest medical error I had made in my life. And that that's a, that's a big deal. And so in that moment, I'm sitting in this pod, my attending has gone home. As far as I know, I'm the only physician in the whole emergency department. I'm sitting there. The lights are I, literally out. In that <laughs> yeah, all the lights are off. The nurses are gone and I'm sitting there in an empty pod. And I'm, I'm thinking, what do I do? I just have no idea. And I have to fix this. I have to save my patient's life by giving them an antibiotic for their urinary tract infection. So I start wandering around the emergency department that I don't know very well and finally come to one of the 24-hour pods where I see an attending, a person I've never met before. And keep in mind, again, this is intern Alex. You know, this is somebody who I want to impress and I want to get to know better. And I basically walk up to this person I've never met. And I think my first words to you were, were, I've made a giant mistake. Yep. And I think, and I'm pretty sure I burst into tears at that point. Been a hard shift and, uh, and I was several hours over. I was so stressed and I felt I had just killed a patient. And uh, it was written on your face, the, the worry <laughs> that you had. And when you said that, I remember bracing myself for something that was going to be very shocking. And um, <laughs> I can't imagine it now. I can't, as, a, as an attending, I can't imagine an intern I've never met coming up to me and saying something like that. I would have thought that they sent home somebody with a, like a surgical sponge in them or something. Like, right. Vank immediately kindly said, You should got see this. that they no bounce back and they have neurosepsis <laughs> oh, now. No, oh, no. Uh, and we immediately resolved the issue. And actually I picked, I, I, I picked immediately picked Vank to be my mentor in residency and we've developed an incredible relationship. When I think about and what friendship. is this and friendship. And when I Absolutely. think about what is this podcast, part of it is I, you know, I want to share this incredible person I've gotten to know with you all. Uh, we get a chance to, to talk through cases a, once or twice a week. We're on the phone going through challenging cases, going through papers. And that's really what what this podcast is to me. It's uh, these conversations that I find exciting and that I've had fun uh, getting to know you, Vank. That's that's what I want to share with the world. And so I'm excited to do that. Oh, me too. And I know I tell you this all the time, but it, truthfully, I, I believe in my heart, I've gotten more out of this relationship um, and friendship than, than you recognize and that probably you did from the mentorship part of it. Well, we'll and just I, have I, to agree to disagree on that point. Then. <laughs> and I, I agree with you. I think we've had amazing conversations. Um, they're impromptu and are about the way emergency medicine fits into our lives, our careers, our personal passions and video games and all those things. I think it it's an exciting thing to be able to open those conversations up to the world and see what other people are talking about and thinking about. So I've learned a lot from you over the time, and I'm super excited to do this with you as well. I'm excited. You've started to touch on this, which is what what are our passions? And so, so to you, if you had to say your top three passions in emergency medicine, who, you know, who are you in emergency medicine? First, I, I would say, um, I, in terms of topic areas of interest, ultrasound quality and education are probably my three biggest hats, but I feel like I'm leaving out leaving out a child and not showing love to well-being. And so I'm going to demand a fourth one. And, so, <laughs> um, and you know, I think uh, those four have come 
in and out of focus of my attention in my career at different times. And so I, I finished residency and did an ultrasound fellowship at George Washington University. Um, huge shout out to Keith Boniface, Teresa Liu, Hamid Shikui, all of the great faculty there that welcomed me and taught me about ultrasound. And I'm so sorry that shortly after becoming ultrasound director for Mayo's Enterprise, I decided to just love quality. Um, but you know, the, what happened was as I was reading and learning about ultrasound, I found myself really interested in how to build a practice and unify a group of people in a single direction and optimize systems, get consistent outcomes. And I found myself really jazzed up to read and learn about that a little more than doing ultrasound QA. God bless it. It's important, but it's just not that is not that exciting to review another fast exam. This uh, is this is how he's reminding me to sign my ultrasound exams there. Oh man, absolutely. <laughs> All staff that you're listening, anywhere you are, please help your ultrasound directors out. And so it began my journey into quality and um, healthcare quality at the time was even more wide open. Very few people at the physician attending level were spending time learning about this. That became a life of its own where I, I really started to enjoy and incorporate what I learned about Lean and Six Sigma and the voice of the customer, et cetera, outside of Mayo and outside of healthcare into our home life as we began having children um, and trying to optimize systems. Someday I'll have to tell you, what, you know, when you have your first child, Alex, let me know. And I'll, sh I'll talk to you about spaghetti diagramming your nursery so that it's optimized for blowout diapers. That was a game changer. <laughs> that, that, is, that is useful information. So <laughs> I, I'll appreciate that. Absolutely. And then, so from ultrasound quality, then um, along the way, I've been teaching in ultrasound, teaching in quality, teaching in general. Um, and then it was kind of a natural step um, from there to become chair of education for our department. And I'm blessed that the department gave me that opportunity. And along the way, unfortunately, I've had times where my, my passion and love for the specialty and for being a physician was lower and other times where it was higher. In fact, if I'm being honest, that time you came up to see me, it was one of the times where I felt the most burnt out in my career. And, um, I'm glad I, I handled it pretty well to create a, a wonderful lasting relationship um, that fostered an interest in trying to find a way to have balance in my life that is sustainable and creates joy both at work and at home. And so well-being is now my fourth love um, in the clinical space. What about you, Alex? You have quite the journey as well, a little bit different. Thinking through through my passions in emergency medicine, first has to be education. I like to think I finished residency, but I'm still working for, for Vank. He's our education chair. I'm one of the associate program directors. And so both education as, as one, number two is, is the residency. Being able to be a part of the growth of the residents is what what gets me out of bed in the morning. And it's a joy to to help help further our specialty. So that's that's you know. That is so important to me. In terms of academic interests, I think the the thing that I'm most excited about, and I'm sure you're going to be ex you're going to be hearing a lot about, is ECMO. Um, Absolutely. Working on our ECMO process for eCPR, developing the process further. That is the the area of clinical medicine that gets me so excited. Uh, I'm scared to even bring it up because I'm worried I'm about to launch into, into this 20-minute talk about uh, you know, new applications for ECMO. So that's to Dimitri, come. if you're out there listening to this, 
you are like this man's hero. His name is actually tattooed on my arm here, but we'll <laughs> we'll get to that in another episode. So that's that's me at work in in real life. My wife uh, Jen is one of our incredible ED nurses, and absolutely, uh, and keeps me grounded. I have two wonderful cats, and and actually, and so this is this is a new thing. But uh, Vank was sharing how he's going to give me some information, but we found out just just. Just oh my this week that that I actually uh, I am going to be a father. So that's, oh, that's amazing. That is breaking news. I'm so excited to share it. And uh, congratulations. And, and this is this is brand new news. So I'm I'm so excited. I'm speaking. That's unscripted <laughs> amazingness. Truly awesome. Congratulations. And for for the listeners, you don't understand. So Jen and Alex are essentially the world's two nicest most caring people. There's no words that really articulate how genuinely awesome these two are. And um, so the baby is made from the very best stuff on earth. Congratulations. I can't wait to say the same to Jen. Well, we're, we're very excited, but you know, that is, that is one part of us. Vank, uh, part of what we want to talk about on the show is, is Mayo as a culture. We have something we call three shields. Tell us a little bit about how that's going to factor into our show. So Mayo Clinic was really founded on the idea that there's a synergy between practicing medicine, educating about medicine, and investigating the future future and cutting-edge medicine through research. Those are the three shields, and so we'll be really trying to cover the breadth of emergency medicine as it interests us and hopefully as it interests you all and anchors to these three shields as a framework. Um, along the way, maybe we'll throw in some historical things, some interesting tidbits, and obviously some comedy and life events like we just dropped here. Still kind of quivering about that <laughs> along the way. But, you know, I, that three shield framework really is, is a foundational concept for those of us who work at Mayo. And so we'll be applying that in the way we talk about emergency medicine. But I don't think we want this just to be about Mayo Clinic. Do you want to talk a little bit about how we plan to incorporate the national scene and international scene of emergency medicine? Absolutely. Our goal is to have a, a roundtable talk about things that we're passionate about. From a research point of view, I'm really hoping that we're going to be able to get some thought leaders on the show and have some of our research folks go through some of these papers all together to hear the story behind the studies that changed the practice of emergency medicine and to go through both the uh, published aspects as well as you know what do our what is our how does a researcher look at the same paper and how does it change their practice compared with my practice so i think from a research shield point of view we're going to we're going to give you some great stories to to change your practice on from a practice point of view i'm hoping we're going to be able to tell you a little bit about some of the fun things we do at mayo and then invite people from all across the country who are doing things differently than the way you do things in your shop. Dimitri, again, if you're out there, he's thinking <laughs> that, of you as he's talking about this. You know, th that's what this is all about. That's what this is about. I, I want us to be doing mobile ECMO in front of the hospital, and that's where this is going. But, uh, but we're here to share a little bit of our Mayo family, but our goal is to talk about uh, emergency medicine in the United States and beyond. I'm hoping hoping to get some incredible thought leaders from across the world. And Rochester is pretty different than many, many other places. You know, it's a town of about 100,000 people. Most everyone has some tie or is related to someone with a tie 
who works at the hospital. And so it's a very unusual environment for us to, to live our lives and practice in the middle of cornfields. Can you talk a little bit about our patients? We have an incredible population here that we, that we have the opportunity to serve. So our city is a city of about 100,000, a little over 100,000 people. And so you can think of it as a regular uh, city in that size. We're about an hour and a half from Minneapolis. We have our routine bread and butter cases, you know, appies in the middle of the night, STEMIs. But additionally, we have people fly in from all over the world and come to Mayo for assessment of very rare illnesses. And, and it is a gift to be able to serve these patient Absolutely. populations, because I feel that we really get to, to learn a lot about rare diseases also. And in, in that way, when I think about what's cool about Mayo, it's partially that incredible patients come from all over the world, but also incredible physicians, people who devote their lives to these rare diseases also come to Mayo to develop our practices. And so I think we, we kind of get to see all of, all of those aspects. I think uh, another thing is Mayo has a health system and I actually practice in the health system. So I split my time between Rochester and some of our smaller campuses. And, and so I think we have the opportunity to talk about some of those differences. Also, I also practice in uh, our I-95 corridor. So Austin and Albert Lee. Um, so if you can you know, picture the differences between a 77,000 patient ED that's that's a stroke center. And then you picture some place like Albert Lee. I think we have nine beds. There's no inpatient beds. You know, when I'm practicing out there, I get one of these uh, cases. You know, I, I can think about some of the cases that have really made me sweat, preterm uh, deliveries, that kind of thing, where you don't have OB in the hospital. Working through those cases there is very different than Absolutely. being here in Rochester. And all of this is within an hour, an hour and a half from of radius from the same place. And so I think that uh, practicing here gives us an opportunity to, to share a variety of perspectives that I think you're going to really enjoy in listening to the show. You know, I'm just re reflecting when I was an intern, I met this patient in our ED in Rochester who had leopard syndrome. This guy was so kind about inviting me to understand what it was like to live with leopard syndrome. Um, not just all the things that were different about his body, but then how it's impacted his ability to progress in relationships and in his job. And that's the kind of thing that amidst the common emergencies, so uh, the ankle sprains and the chest pain and appies, having that peppered in that opportunity to meet people who live with something that's very unusual or hard to imagine. It's just one of the great joys of working here. I um, agree. Yeah. We're, uh, we're moving on to an important question. Uh, part of this is I want everyone to learn more about us in every episode. And so, Bank, you have to sing a karaoke song. What song do you pick? The Wheels on the Bus. The Wheels is, on is the Bus. Is that okay? It, I mean, people no, know the know word. What? The Ohio State University <laughs> alma mater. I can sing that. You immediately identify friend or foe in the yeah, audience. That's absolutely. what it's about. That's absolutely. what it's about. I get it. I'm worried we might have too many listeners if we include the people in Michigan. So I'm trying to just <laughs> let them know right now where they, where they will stand on the podcast. It's all about identifying your allies early. I like that. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. All right. You heard it here first. Uh, Venk Bellum Conda. If, you, if you're ever at a karaoke bar, just fire up wheels on the bus. Yes. He'll be on stage. 
The Always On EM Podcast, hosted by Alex Finch and Vank Bellamconda. Uh-huh.